Is this the soundtrack you want for your life? The Active Explorer is here to help. And hello, everybody. Thank you, Keith, for that new soundtrack and opening. What fun. <laughs> Folks, let us know what you think of that. I, uh, I'm i very familiar with just kind of the footstep sounds there. So I was kind of zenning out over here and digging that. So uh, thank you. You are welcome. I appreciate it. I went to the Amazon. I put a microphone on me. Started walking around. I'm just kidding. No, because I would have heard like these you squealing in terror as like snakes and spiders <laughs> came out. No, you're not like that. You're. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm not in love with the idea of being face to face with critters, but <laughs> I can live. I would live. No question. So, what we're going to talk about today, back onto kind of a fitness kick here. And. This was sent in to me uh, by, a re- by a reader on the blog. Gosh, it's probably been over six months ago. But one of my readers had asked uh, for a little bit more conversation about paleo diets versus vegan diets. And then yesterday or the day before, somebody else started asking me the same thing, you know, paleo versus vegan. And there's always that paleo versus right. vegan in there. And... That's where it's a battle royal to the death. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which will come out on top. And some would say, you know, the the caveman paleos are going to come out on top because mm. they're like, you know, primal and right. all this stuff. And uh, right. So no, for dinner, I think they go out and they find like an elk. Yeah, and slay it. They don't use a gun. They rip it open with their hands and then eat it raw. <laughs> Gross. Okay. It's really gross, but then it's and then they drink the blood afterwards <laughs> to feel better. Okay, I'm I'm sorry if there's any paleo listeners out there. I just yeah, we you know what we're never going to not have humor on this. Right. If there's no humor, I think you've got to know that both <laughs> Keith and I are suffering from some kind of major illness, I, and even then we're probably going to crack a few really horrible jokes. Oh. Uh, that's just how Keith and I are. And uh, and while we were talking about this, one thing that I mean, popped your up, jokes are the horrible ones. Oh, I see how this is. I'm just kidding. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> no, mine are usually pretty bad. So, but but uh, yeah. So no. So that's what you can expect from that. But so this is an interesting uh, topic that you that is usually debate, but you don't want it to be in a debate. No, it really doesn't need to be a debate. It actually is. Uh, what I'm going to talk about is all the ways that they are very much alike. And but first, I'm going to go um, on a little bit of a t- more of a tangent about here's how how I eat, and um, plant based versus being vegan. And there isn't a right answer to that, but I'll just give you my thoughts. And uh, first of all, I eat plant based about ninety percent of the time, um, and I say plant based because I I hesitate to call myself a vegan because I really feel like vegan expresses something much greater than just dietary choices. It's also about moral choices, um, uh, eco choices. So veganism is more of a way of life than just a diet. And I have a lot of really close vegan friends. And for them, it is a, it's a moral issue. Yeah. It goes, it goes beyond simply, uh, I feel healthier because I'm eating this way. Right. Right. It's, It's, uh, I mean, uh, I, I've heard, you know, a vegan say to somebody with hot dogs, you know, it's like, you know, with each bite, you should hear a pig screaming, oh, you know, word. and all this stuff, you know, and so, 
So, but I, it, it's so certainly without question, uh, it goes beyond just a, 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 a dietary choice. That this exactly. Is, it's a moral choice as well for many vegans. And even and, political in some ways, right? Yes. Where they'll say that the way, anyway. So. Well, and I have a, I'll admit to having a streak of that, that I think it is um, eating less, uh, eating fewer animal products. I do believe it has a benefit to our our planet and our culture from an ecological standpoint. Yeah. Um, I do think I have some opinions there, but I, I'm certainly not as convicted as the average person who would call themselves vegan, mm. particularly when it's for moral reason to not hurt any living creature. And I do consume a little bit of meat. I occasionally consume a little bit of dairy and I do eat eggs actually. Um, again, occasionally, uh, I'll, I, I've had those in my diet a little bit more recently and I actually didn't have them in my diet for about two years prior to that. But, uh, my boyfriend really enjoys eggs a lot. And so they've, you know, made their way into my diet. That's how it is when you, when you're a couple. <laughs> and so, and, uh, and I do enjoy their, their taste. I just had chosen not to have them yeah. in my diet for a while. It's hard to do romantic eating with a vegan sometimes. I, you know, I disagree. <laughs> Where I'm trying to feed you. Don't give me that. Don't well, you're trying to feed him steak. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I have learned over um, nearly three years of eating plant-based that uh, the food can be really amazing. Right. I, I've become a pretty passable uh, vegan cook right. and our plant-based cook. And I have had some amazing plant-based foods right. and far better. I, I would say I eat better now with more creativity and more flavor than before. But continuing again with that note, I think that each person has a way of eating that feels best for their body. And I'm not one to criticize any one of them or say that any one of those are correct. But if they're disciplined in what they eat. Right. Okay. What isn't good, I think universally are, you know, really bad diet choices that are essentially, you know, poisoning your system. Sure. That that's where that diet isn't good. <laughs> okay. I will pass judgment there. Um, you know, a whole really processed chemical laden foods that they don't help anybody's body, right. you know, high in refined sugar and, and, uh, r- refined flours. So uh, back on to the topic, vegans and paleos, what do they have in common? And I am referencing uh, one of my favorite websites, which um, it's Matt Frazier's website. And it's... um, Shout out to him. Yeah, a little shout out to Matt Frazier. And he wrote an article, Why Vegans and Paleos Should Stop Hating Each Other. And I read this quite a few months ago. And when I started thinking about this topic today, I printed it out for myself just as a reminder of some of the finer points of this issue. And, um, but he is a, you know, definitely Google him. He has a a wealth of information on healthy eating and he doesn't just stick to the vegan. He tries to give some, some balanced data to various diets. Although, um, his website, no meat athlete obviously is angled to, um, vegan athletes and, and eating for endurance and such as a vegan. Um, the, Paleo diet, most people's perception is that it's all meat all the time. And vegan diet, obviously plant-based, no meat. So they think that they're at total opposite ends of the spectrum. But the truth is both diets embrace several common features. And the first off is that vegetables are good and organic vegetables are even better. Right. 
So to eat as close to nature as possible, try to stick with organic and non and uh, you know organically sustainably grown foods. Right. And next, uh, nuts. That nuts are a good have a a very prominent place in a diet. That the kind of fats that you get from nuts aren't to be feared. You get a lot of nutrient value from nuts. So nuts show up in both diets to a great extent. Um, fruit uh, also. Fruit is in both diets, but you'll find, depending on either or, how much fruit is in the diet starts to shift between paleo and vegan diets. The, uh, you'll find that the paleo diets are really trying to lessen some of the, the carb intake, so you may not find as much fruit going on in that diet. Right. It, uh, one of the comments that he, Matt Fraser made on his site is that it isn't naturally healthy for adult humans to drink milk. It's meant for baby cows. Um, <laughs> right. So they're both diets, um, both vegan and paleo, uh, avoid dairy products. Right. I mean, I've heard the cow referred to as the surrogate mother of the human race. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and I, I've been having a conversation lately with a few people because there was a restaurant, I think, in New York that started to make cheese from human mom's breast milk. Oh, yeah, and they realized they were going to get in trouble for this. And everyone, and it's interesting to watch the expression people have when they hear this because they like cringe, like ew. But then when you really think about it, human like us, yeah, or from a large fur-covered animal that lives out in a field and poops on itself regularly, which one really sounds more ew? But yeah. we're so used to cow's milk making our cheeses. Yeah. Maybe or though, sheep's milk. Yeah, maybe the thing is though is, is that maybe people would be <laughs> maybe they'd be more willing to go with breast milk products from from humans if they saw the breasts that they came from. Oh, you're back to being my <laughs> resident guy on the podcast. I am so glad I have your voice. <laughs> you know, you just might be a little bit more. I, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> It might be more. It might be something that you'd be more uh, comfortable with. Maybe I don't know because well, you know that you've, you've seen people out there. It's like if you're at a point where you're selling breast milk, right? I mean, uh-huh. things might be a little tough for you. Maybe and, I. You know, I can't for it to become a. How should we say? A widely available product yeah. seems kind of disturbing, but not because of where it's coming from, but the idea of. Women serving as milk suppliers, right? That could be like its whole incredible issue right there. But um, but it is interesting that as a society we cringe at the idea of human milk and embrace the idea of cow, sheep, or goat's milk. Right. Like all that's okay. That's clean. That's like that's sanitary. That's fine. And like human, ew. Yeah. And and, and it kind of makes you wonder where I did it when I first heard it. I cringed. I, I'm the first to admit that. And then when I think about it, I'm like, why am I doing that? Right. So we've gone on a tangent, folks. Well, but it's that. fine. But it is kind of part of the issue. It's is, just basically what we're saying then is, is the human race just has like a crazy amount of faith in this Louis Pasteur, right? With, with, with yeah. pasteurization. Like it's, but that's not unique to cow's milk. It could be done to anything. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I, I get, yeah, I guess that's right. Are they pasteurizing breast milk? I don't know if it was pasteurized or not. Hmm. I'm going to have to pull up some articles on this. They they did find out or knew right from the get-go that they couldn't sell it or they'd be shut down. So they just gave it away with a meal. And uh, <laughs> they didn't try to sell it. But 
it's um it is it does bring up an interesting response. Why, why does that make sense, though? It's okay for them to give it away, but yeah. <laughs> but if you sell it, it's a problem, you know. Yeah, that's uh, kind of makes it, you wonder. It, yeah, this is real. I'm just saying, if you think about drugs, it's like you can't just give those away. No, but I can't. I don't have all the facts on that. Anyway, if I, I should just, have probably. You get, told you get what I'm saying, though. It yeah, seems like it does a strange. Seem, it does like, seem on. You know, it it anyway. does absolutely. Uh, whole food is crucial. Um, that is one thing that both diets are very, again, just like the vegetables, very close to nature, as unprocessed as possible, as complete as possible. Um, that is, both diets embrace that completely. Absolutely. And I, I think that that's, you know, be, I mean, you want to look for things that are low human intervention. Like right. Like as, as natural as you can possibly get them. Uh, that's, a, that's a really good way to go. Um, what was the term you had for that earlier? Low high. Low high. And I hadn't heard that before, but I like that yeah. as a kind of a catchphrase to remember. Yeah. Low high. So low human intervention yeah. foods. Low high. Yeah. yeah. And that's going to keep the nutrients in your food, most of the chemicals out. Uh, the You need to have the... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... It's, it's, just, it's the chemicals. That's the biggest thing. The is, chemicals is, are, are a big part if, of that. And dietary fibers are very important. With different types of pesticides and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know, it's like you might be ingesting pesticide, you know what I mean? Right, not, yeah. So. so that's another reason to uh, choose organic. And there are lists out there, folks, if you Google which, um, which vegetables and products... Uh, give you the most gain by buying organic versus others because I, I personally, I'm on a budget. I can't afford to buy everything organic, but there are some things that I pick up uh, organic, and those would be like my thin-skinned fruits. I, I prefer organic on those right. because they have a tendency to absorb the pesticides and chemicals at a greater rate than something that was thick-skinned. I'm not going to buy organic bananas. Right. I just don't feel a need or oranges. I'll peel them, and I, you know, I know that maybe there's some gain there, but I have to balance the reality of my budget with my health. The one thing that I have noticed about organic bananas, though, mm -hmm. is that they're, the way their peels change colors and when they're ripe and all that stuff, it's actually different really? than non-organic. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Now I'm going to have to check that out. It's kind of interesting. And I've noticed with apples that the organic, as far as consistency, they consistently taste uh, sweeter and, and have more flavor. Uh, that's just been my experience is right. that I, I tend to gravitate toward the organic apples now after going back and forth for a while. Well, cause I, you know, the trick, right? The trick that grocery stores do for some of these, uh, fruits, uh, in order to make them ripe at the right time, they shoot little ethylene gas on them. Oh, and then they'll like change colors and now they look and then they'll put them out in their store. Oh my gosh. So, that, so that's one of the reasons that organic tastes a little different because you might be eating a, an apple that's not organic, right? And it wasn't right. Really? It wasn't ready to All the to way right. It wasn't really ready. And so what they've done is they've just treated it so it changed and it's the right color now and it looks Oh like my gosh. Yeah. I did not know this. I need to do uh, more research on organic versus non-organic and how they're treated in the stores. Anyway, that's just an interesting. I've always thought that was kind of interesting. And again, as we talked about low human intervention, it, back to processed food, it's just not, it's not good. So both paleo and vegan, 
Both are, you're not going to find them standing in line at McDonald's. You're not going to find them grabbing the bags of Wonder Bread if they're following their, right. their, their eating plan. Uh, bags of Wonder Bread or Twinkies at the grocery store. These are all products that are out um, in those diets. So what I have found, because I, I did used to um, have a good friend who was paleo, and when we ate together, I thought it was going to be this real problem. But what we really found with the only difference in how we each wanted to eat was that he had a piece of meat on his plate and I didn't. And that I tended to eat more uh, grains and beans because that's where a lot of my protein's coming from than he did. And and those were really the two shifts that we saw because it it came down to where our protein was originating from. And and that really is, when you see the verses between the two diets, that really is the difference, is where we're getting the protein component of our diet because everything else on the plate is the same if you're if you're really you know committed to your diet and uh, and I say diet not as in dieting to lose weight and look good in a bikini but as in taking Health. care of your body and and consuming nutrient rich foods and making every calorie count yeah. and give you something that, that energizes your body uh both uh eating styles involve eating for nutrients and energy and not taking in chemicals and processed uh, grains. So, I mean, there's common commonalities there, right? It's sort of like, uh, I was actually thinking about like American English versus like UK English. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Where yeah. It's like, there's just different words for different things, but it's the same structure. And it's the same idea. There's just slight adjustments between, between the two. Exactly. And so going on in, um, in Matt's article here as to, why do the two dislike each other so much? Mm. We're kind of back to where we started the beginning of this conversation. Um, because really vegan is a, is, a mor- be, is a moral issue for a lot of people. Right. And paleos are all about eating meat. Although when they do eat meat, they want to have the, the um, free range, no antibiotic, right, all of that. They're, they're really trying to go for the organic meats. Um, but still, it's me. It's a life, right? And preservatives and stuff like that are out. Out, yeah. Right. But it's still meat, and so there's going to be an inherent conflict between paleo and vegan, right there, because of the moral issue. But if you're just looking at it from a dietary issue, the biggest difference is where we get our protein. And other than that, we we have very much in common. The two diets uh, could be considered almost the same. In fact, there are cookbooks out there for the vegan paleo which is going to a lower-carbohydrate, fairly high-protein diet, but without using uh, animal sources. Mm. And I was just looking at one today that was on the bookshelf, and I'm like, wow, this is the two meet. (laughs) So the two come together. And I I do CrossFit, and, of course, paleo is very associated with CrossFit. And um, so... While I was at my box, I was asking the owners, hey, you know, I happen to be vegan. I know you're all about paleo or Atkins is the other one you'll hear in a CrossFit circles, but, you know, mostly paleo. And they uh, referred me to a series of books called Thrive by uh, Brandon Brazier. And it's all about um, eating for performance on a plant-based diet. So if uh, anyone out there is interested in um, performance nutrition on a plant-based diet, that's definitely a good resource. And there is a plethora of books out there for people interested in the paleo diet and eating for paleo nutrition uh, in the sports arena. 
which in particular, because of what we talk about here on this podcast, we kind of angle toward active lifestyle and fueling that active lifestyle with our diets and, and uh, exercise. And I think that that's one of the, the biggest things is, is you got to take a look at what you're doing uh, and what kind of what you're willing to, to do, right? I mean, there's, there's people that won't be vegan, right, because they're just terrified of the idea of... Yeah, of not, having, and they might not feel good, right? Being vegan, right. it's just not for everybody, right? right. And, and there, there may be people that you know, <laughs> there's people that can't stomach eating, eating meat, right? right. Either, right? It's just for them, it's so hard. So uh, that, and then kind of consider what it is, you know, uh, um, whatever system that it is that you're going to use, you know, they they control the outcomes of anything that you're going to do, and so what you need to do is, is you need to be able to input the right kind of diet into your system, mm-hmm. right? So that it, that you get the right outcome for what you're doing. And so right. that's just, you know, be strategic about what you're doing. Be thoughtful about um, what sort of activities or how active you might be or, or what, you know, what, what jives with you and what doesn't. And, and, uh, and then from there, you've got to figure out what, what works for you. Exactly. So if you're interested in learning more about the paleo diet, I would uh, refer you to the Ultimate Paleo Guide, which is a website. Um, I think it's uh, run by Joel Runyon. And then No Meat Athlete is the one that I was just referring to. It's one of my favorite blogs that I follow. And uh, that's by Matt Frazier. And as far as books are concerned, the Thrive series, there's both a cookbook and a um, just a nutritional guide available. I pull a lot of recipes out of there for my daily living, and I would refer you to that one for some real hands-on information. Also, you know, touching on what you were saying for timing your foods, like going for the slightly higher glycemic index foods when you know you're going to have a need a major energy burn. And we were talking about that on the hydration episode that we did last, about sometimes having some extra sugars and such in your energy drinks because it helps fuel you when you're really burning um, and need that energy. Uh, or if you're going to be doing something long and sustained, like hiking all day, having your more complex energy sources. So that book goes into timing your nutrition as well, not just on getting the nutrient-rich foods that you need to um, be an athlete on a plant-based diet. So those are some references for you folks. I would love to get your input on what eating uh, styles work best for you because, again, I'm a firm believer that everyone has something that works best for their body and that there is no one answer. You know, part of the solution here, too, is is, is if you choose to take on um, a strict diet, it becomes much more difficult for you, right? It's becoming more common to find places to go eat, right? Yeah. But you've also just signed on to become a cook. You have. And also I found for myself, because I, I'm, I'm a travel blogger in addition to just living my daily life. And what I found is I can't do strict. I just can't do strict. I do almost there. You're close. Yeah, I'm close. But within, within the traveling from different places, Yeah, I have to have flexibility. Yes, I eat plant-based the bulk of the time, but um, I just returned from Jordan a month and a half ago. And while I was there, that is a culture that eats a lot of meat and dairy. Right. And that just, uh, it was just the reality of being there to exclude those foods was really going to mean that I missed a great deal of what that culture had to offer through its food. And I don't want to do that. Right. For me, that just isn't worth it. So I did eat it 
part of the trip. And then I had to find, I found that my system was not responding well to that. And I ended up having to go back to my plant-based diet even there, which meant I was eating a whole lot of tabbouleh. Um, (laughs) That was about it. Tabbouleh and cucumber salad for days and days on end. But um, they have an amazing cuisine and I wasn't going to miss it. So I I really believe in being flexible. And as long as you're not going for a moral standpoint uh where it's just against your morals to eat any um animal products or whatever you're whatever is important your to thing, you like more power to you right exactly I mean, that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but i do tend to promote and um kind of preach flexibility give yourself a percentage of um being off of your diet and like maybe i'd say i average about 10 percent of the time that i'll put a little fish on my plate or I, I I love Parmesan cheese, so occasionally that makes it on my salads. I just really enjoy it. So that's uh, that's all I have for you. Need today. to go to Parma, <laughs> Italy. You got to go there. Yeah, my friend went there. Really? She went to see where they were making the Parmesan, and yeah, <laughs> really, yeah, she oh. did. That's interesting. Now, I, so that's one of the big things, though, is, is I think sometimes people don't realize. That when you take a strict diet, you're committing to an hour a day cooking, and you got to, I mean, you've got to become a. I don't find it to take that much time. I, I, yeah. I do because I am terrible at it. But yeah. I, I'm just saying that this, this is one of the things is, is that I, you just, you got to really be meticulous and plan and, and make sure that you're going to have the time to put the amount of energy that will go towards that it's not the same as before when you just run into the grocery store and grab whatever i think if you find that it's that way and it takes you more time initially i i being three years into this i i it's such a habit for me that i tend to purchase my groceries and have my home stocked with things that are quick and easy to put together and i don't spend any more time putting together my meals than anyone else actually maybe less because I'm not trying to cook meats that take longer, have longer cook times. A lot of, uh, I do a lot of stir fries, a lot of salads, um, roasted vegetables. I do throw them on the grill. Um, Mm -hmm. Lots of grains. Occasionally I'll just do a giant pot of like quinoa and break it up and throw it in the freezer. And then I just grab it out whenever I need it. Um, But you will find once you get used to it and adapt to that being your daily living and your, your fridge looks different that and whether you're paleo or, um, plant-based, your fridge is going to look different and it's going to have healthy things in it. And you'll get pretty adept at looking through the fridge and just being like, oh, here's what I'm going to make now. It's going to be an everything stew or it's going to be this on the grill or this kind of salad or that casserole. Right. It just, uh, the only difference is you're not having, if you're plant-based, no meat uh, and certainly no processed stuff uh, if you choose either of these two diets. And the big tip for no processed Low human intervention, right? If you want to do that, just go to the grocery store and just walk the perimeter. Yes. <laughs> don't don't get into the, all the different aisles and figure out kind of what's what's in those aisles. All that stuff is usually processed. So just walk the walk the perimeter and find find the stuff that's on the perimeter of the of the of the store, and uh, you'll probably be okay. So even if you're not going to take on like a full on paleo or full on vegan, and you're mm-hmm. just looking to eat better. Like, just be disciplined in that. Like, I'm only going to walk the perimeter of the store, and that's the only thing I'm going to buy. Yeah, uh, that is. And I found myself doing that. It's so true. It's like nobody really told me. It's just one day I'm going, wow, I don't need anything down that aisle, that aisle, that aisle, or that aisle. Uh, you know, those were no longer something that I even looked at anymore. You know, the chip and cookie aisle, I'm not eating anything down mm. that aisle. So Occasionally, I do like jalapeno chips, though. 
Oh, yeah. 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 Th- there's a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah those are good. There's a, there's a food truck that throws them on a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, nice. They're pretty good. Yes. Yeah, well, folks, uh, give us some feedback. It is, uh, if you want to reach me on Twitter, at active underscore explorer, or you can reach me by email, erica, E-R-I-K-A, at theactiveexplorer.com. And I would love to hear some show ideas from you or tweet them to me. And I really look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Active Explorer podcast. Follow Erica on Twitter and Instagram at active underscore explorer. Visit theactiveexplorer.com to keep up with all of Erica's adventures. Wherever you are today, we hope that you're happy, healthy, and exploring.